Come on. They're right there. Let's go. Move, 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 move. Warrior, especially if you are an NCO or a young uh, a young officer in the in the Army and the Marine Corps in, in, in any kind of uh, direct action um, element, it it would behoove you to read this. Just to get into it in the preface, Captain Von Schell's collection of lessons learned as a small unit infantry commander during World War One should be part of every Marine's professional library. It's one of the finest works of its type that I have read and compare favorably with Rommel's infantry tactics. Uh, infantry attacks. His observations on combat leadership and tactics are timeless and are pertinent today, just as they were in 1917. It should be a required reading for all combat leaders, particularly those serving on the platoon, company, and battalion level. D.M. Twami, Major General, United States. Battle psychology, according to Von Schnell, Von Schell, he says, let us use a more simple phrase and call it the knowledge of the soul, knowledge of men. Knowledge of men in all wars has proved to be an important factor as a leader. It is probable that this will still weigh true in future wars. He goes on, as the knowledge of men, and let's just break right there. We'll get more into it as we touch on to it, Matt. But the knowledge of men is important. You need to know the knowledge of who's good shooters, who's your hitters, who's the guys that are more timid. I mean, just in our own squad in Marja, we had um, we had many me. Uh, we had many me, and many me was more scared to um, die drowning in a canal than was of gunfire and so he would opt to skip patrols and hold posts for six eight ten hours because he was more comfortable there than going and jumping those canals and navigating the water and a lot of times we were able to do that for him we were able to let him let him you know be on post with some of the other you know some of the other guys that had drawn posts and he'd even swap posts out sometimes and i mean i know you were there with me and you can you can talk about the different psychologies of different guys we had guys um just in the early days of the war that were awesome that we didn't think, you know, we didn't expect that much out of them. Then we had guys that, you know, like many me that, you know, it's not that he did anything wrong, but he was short and we had a lot of, a lot of water to navigate. And it was just something in his head that he felt safer standing on post. So um, I can kind of relate to that. I think we all can. He goes on to say, we no longer fight in great masses, but in small groups, often as individuals. Therefore the psychology the uh, psychological reaction of the individual has become increasingly important. As commanders, we must know the probable reaction of the individual and the means by which we can influence this reaction. The knowledge of men is especially difficult for two reasons. First, because it cannot be learned from books, and second, because the characteristics of the individual and in peace are completely changed. Man reacts differently in war than he does in peace. Therefore, he must be handled differently. For this reason, we cannot learn in peace times the psychology of war. It is my belief that no one can give a prescription for the correct application of the principle of psychology in war. The only thing of which we are certain is this. The psychology of the soldier is always important. No commander lacking in this inner knowledge of his men can accomplish great things. And, um, you know, the notes that I put beside that were that... Uh, you know, leadership, especially psychological leadership of one's men, is not a one-size-fits-all uh, on the battlefield. 
uh, and it's not even that way in training, uh, Matt, you can, you can relate. You've been, you, you've had several guys, you know, under your charge, both in the, in the, um, in the military and in the civilian world. And you might have to come harsh and rash and, and you know, smack, smack a guy's senses, uh, you know, verbally, or, you know, even in combat, sometimes you got to grab a hold of him and be like, Hey, this is what we're doing. And then that exact same situation can come up with, with a different Marine and you have to handle it completely different because if you do the same overbearing upfront, you know, tactics that you took with one of your hard charging team leaders to one of your junior guys, that junior guy could crumble. He could fold. He could not respond right. You know, whatever the case. And, um, and so it's, it's one of those things of understanding your guys, understanding the psychology of your guys, of your men as individuals, and then you will be better prepared to deal with them downrange. Uh, what do you got on that, Matt? I mean, yeah, you just have to know your guys all around. I mean, I think we brought it up in another in another episode where you don't have to go out and 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 party hardy with them. You don't have to mm. uh, fraternize fraternize with them all together. But you should know what they got going on at home. You should know what you know what who are their parents. You know how how are they raised, and you should know their their mentalities as it deals with war fighting or as the job at hand, whatever that may be in business, sure. in war, whatever it is, because war is our business, right? War is, war is um, business is fact. You should just, yeah, you need to know exactly who they are and how to drive them toward the end state of and up underneath you and things like that. And you're looking at, looked at as one of the lead guys. I mean, um, how is it that you can inspire or lead these young guys that are passionate about their job, but maybe you're having a hard day or maybe they're having struggles at home or whatever. Like, have you dealt with that kind of stuff in the civilian world with some of your teams? Yeah. And no, I mean, I don't have a team necessarily. I'm just more of one of the more experienced in my, in my department or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. uh, just, you gotta, it always goes back to, you gotta know how to talk to them. Sometimes you gotta right. get a little, a little verbose with them. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah and maybe kick him in the ass. But then other days he might be so down that if you kick him in the ass, then he might just want to go quit, you know? Yeah. Just dump on you. Yep. You know? Absolutely. So the desire to act is in my opinion, the reason why soldiers go willingly on so willingly on patrol. I repeat that it's extremely difficult to lie under hostile fire and wait because everyone feels exposed to blind chance on a patrol. It's a bit different. Soldiers feel that he has the destiny in his own hands. He feels that he is not dependent on blind Satan, that he's not forced to go this way or that, but he himself can decide what to do. And uh, there's a lot to speak, uh, you know, speak about that. There were several times in several of my guys in country when combat was raging that would rather go out. I mean, you could sit at the, you could sit at the firm base or at the cop and kind of lay around and wait, but time passes slow. You feel purposeless. You feel like you don't have a mission. And, uh, and, and time just creeps. And then you have, you know, uh, impeding attacks or IDF that you could take. Uh, not that we took too much, but Lima company, they lied in waiting, uh, on that same deployment in 10. And, you know, they got attacked at their firm base, you know, considerably, especially at night. So lying and waiting, uh, one thing that I could say is, um, the five day war when those 82 outgoings, uh, popped off, boom, boom. And one of the most desperate things, even when you're on patrol is, to hear that outgoing and you're holding and you know they're probably shooting at you 
you don't know exactly where it's going to land, but you know, it's going to land in, in short, short succession. Right. So it's like, you're just kind of waiting and uh, there's nothing really more helpless than that. In my opinion, like it, you know, there's literally nothing you can do, but get small. And, and, uh, and so it is in the autumn of 1916, the division is involved in a terrible battle and the losses are heavy. At division headquarters, one sees only worried faces. What will be the result of battle? Suddenly, a bad, shattered, and excited uh, battalion commander rides up with his orderly. He states, I desire to report that I am the only survivor of my battle. A moment of tense silence follows. Then the division commander says, you are in error, Major. Your orderly is still with you. Immediately, high spirits return. These little examples show the miracles that words have at the right time. It is a psychological reaction that defies all explanation. If Hindenburg is commanding us, we are sure to win. Just wait and see. We shall capture thousands of Russians. It was still dark when the Germans went into the trenches. In surprisingly short time, the companies were formed and the attacks of each man took his proper position in the line. No questions were asked and there was no mix up. Everywhere one saw the old veterans at work, showing their young comrades how to behave and telling them what they should do. They knew exactly what would happen. Every now and then they would say, listen to me, and you won't have any trouble. This calmed the inexperienced men. They no longer felt worry for their future. When day broke the Germans' attack, the Russians were completely surprised. Their infantry fire was weak, and their artillery shells scarcely fell at all. In a few minutes, the Germans were in the trenches. It was a pleasure to see how the young recruits acted. They watched their old experienced comrades carefully and did what they indicated. It was in short action that the Germans were victorious. Uh, immediately, the pursuit was taken up. The younger soldiers now trusted the seasoned comrades more than ever. These in turn trusted their comrades. And finally, everyone says, said, yes, we are fighting under Hindenburg. And that going back to the power of fighting for an inspirational and a, a known, proven, and uh, a decorated leader, somebody who has already beat the Russians, somebody who's already been there and done that. And they're all fighting under Hindenburg now. And um, you know, just saying that it's motivating, not because I'm motivated about a German officer of Hindenburg, but because that's inspiring. It's inspiring that the men cared that much about Hindenburg, even the senior guys, that they would tell those stories and they would pass those traditions and that Esprit de Corps on to the younger generation to the point where they got into their first scuffle and they said, you're right, we are Hindenburg's men. It's almost like they left their individuality at the door and they took up that group of Hindenburg's men and there was a code and an honor and a might say you a brand that came with Hindenburg's name that said we will not let this brand down this brand is proven right and so and that's fucking awesome impossible to get forward uh to get forward and equal and impossible to with to withdraw any man who raised his head even an inch or two was as good as dead unfortunately several men in the little group did raise their head Desperately, the others tried to dig in. With their hands, knees, and even their mouths, they scooped out dirt until they secured some degree of cover. The Russians' fire now drew a reply of kind from the German lines on the other side of the marsh. Thus, the little group was exposed from fire uh, to the fire of their own comrades as well as to the enemy. Almost every, almost at the very muzzle of the Russians' machine guns, they had passed that night quiet, motionless, waiting for the death that the daylight would certainly bring. Anyone who had been exposed to dire peril for a long time without being able to oppose it can understand the terrible nervous test such a night imposed on a handful 
of soldiers. And so that just, I guess the only reason that I, that I, uh, the big reason that I highlighted that area is because you must do whatever is necessary. If that means you're digging with your mouth, that means you're digging with your mouth. In combat, you will learn how to get small. Um, you should learn that before combat, though. You should learn how to get small in training. We have the infantry immersion trainer on Camp Lejeune. We have the uh, combat kinetics gunfighter gym on Camp Lejeune. These are two of the newer um, technologically driven uh training platforms that we have on Camp Lejeune that can absolutely revolutionize a warfighter. You're talking about gauging uh, lethality of every shooter. You're talking about putting people into situations with strobe lights and screaming babies and loud music and thumping, just absolute chaos, and then making them perform this mission. And then being able to after action uh, the decisions in which they made on a screen and say, you see where you made this decision? It's kind of like some of our miles gear or our, or our sims gears out now out in the field when we were training. You could get small. You learn that you can get hit from a long, long, uh, long distance away. Oh, and by the way, we have the technology now to pull up everybody's avatar on a screen and say, this is your blue on blue fire. This is your blue on blue fire. This is where you and your team moved off in a wedge formation, it looks like, but then you ended up online, you know, and you can after action all of that. The more like combat we can make our training, which is the whole premise of this book, the better our soldiers will be when they're actually confronted with the realities of war. This says, here's a point that will bear special emphasis. When all is said and done is the infantryman who makes the attack and whose hands reset the decision of victory or defeat. It is the back in which sustains the heaviest burden, his body which suffers the greatest hardship and his life which is suspended by the most tenuous thread. Not too far. You're marking the building. Hit him. Yeah, that's good. That's a good shot. That's a funny. Yeah. Funny.